Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. And Kevin here. Uh, we're usually at, at uh, Phone Pack Studios, but tonight we're a little a little on location uh, from a uh, nice little party going on here in uh, a driveway. So it's a it's a good time. We got a little echo, but we're outside enjoying the breeze, and it's a it's a beautiful night. So we want to welcome you. Also joining us, Dan Blackman. Uh, Dan is a radio expert who's uh, coming in joining us today, talking a little uh, fantasy sports, talking with tonight with. Uh, with uh, Chris Haas, or Christopher Haas from the brewery called Schlafly. Now, we are the Great Pumpkin Face-Off is coming up on October 2nd, so Chris will be, uh, Christopher will be joining us tonight to talk a little bit about that. We also have uh, Chris Mosbach, uh, Moosbach from Weyerbacher, who will be joining us, too, to talk a little bit about the uh, beers and what's going on and what we got going on tonight. So, uh, again... We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Mike, how are you tonight? Um, not too great, Kev, after what transpired over the weekend. Um, as you know, we broadcast out of the Philadelphia area, and the Eagles uh, pretty much took a dump on Sunday afternoon. Um, Kev, I don't even know where to start. The, the offensive line is horrible. They can't run the ball. Can the cornerbacks press up on somebody and maybe smack somebody in the, in the face at the line of scrimmage? Um, Bradford looks a little jittery, but you know, Kev, football is the ultimate. You need this to happen for this to happen for that to happen. And if you can't get, 
If you can't get protection, the rece- the receivers are are horrible. Have you seen? I never thought I would want James uh, Thrash and Todd Pinkston back. <laughs> I mean, th- this this receiving group is just terrible. Miles Austin can't play. Jordan Matthews is a he's a, he'd be a nice number two. Aguilar, who knows? Riley Cooper, how is he still on this team? Oh my god! It, it's just it's just a total. They, when they were showing last night, have replays of downfield. The guys get no separation. So Bradford's getting hurried. No separ- No separation. They can't run the ball. It's just a total disaster right now. I agree. I mean, they just they they look sloppy. Nothing looks in sync, and that's the whole entire thing that's very different than what uh, Chip Kelly's kind of been professing is what we're going to see this year. Uh, everything was supposed to be fast-paced. Everything was supposed to be organized, and it looks just chaotic out there, and no one seems to be getting open. You're right. There's no blocking up front, and this is, uh, you know, there's a good point to be made, and I, I heard people talking about Shady McCoy and kind of how much you miss him because DeMarco Murray's kind of a pound him and, you know, getting to the huddle, getting to that hole, finding that hole and just going. He's not the guy who's going to be shifting, make you miss. But now with this offensive lineman, this offensive lineman's not out there driving people back either. So now you have this offensive lineman that's just kind of holding people at bay and a guy that needs to really be shifting. And that's not really DeMarco Murray's game. And you see he's not really that guy who's going to make that first guy miss. He's going to get in that hole, he's going to open up, and he's going to take off. And that's not really the system because they don't really have the offensive line to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, you said it, Kev. When you, when you can't get – you know, last, last year we're all over Shady McCoy for going east and west, and we're going, why, why can't this guy hit a hole? Well, maybe there's no hole. Now that you have two new guards, Jason Kelsey has been horrible. And I don't know that's be, if that's because he's got two new guards playing next to him. He's trying to, trying to do a little too much. But there's just so many things right now wrong with this team. And, you know, they did it to us again, Kev. The expectations coming out of preseason, this team looks great. You got Adam Schefter, Super Bowl, this and that. And now for for them to start 0-2, going to the Jets, who have a really a really nice defense, I, I don't know how this team can move the ball, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know how they can move the ball. You guys are, are absolutely right. DeMarco Murray is a north-south runner. He wants to go downhill. And if you don't have any blocking, you're not going to have that. And what the guy, what they're not doing, Chip Kelly, why is he not putting DeMarco Murray and Sproles out there at the same time so the defense has to think, mm-hmm. who are they going to use? It's Sproles by himself. Oh, well, they're going to throw a, a little screen pass. Yep. They know. The defense knows. So much that they know that we're going to call <laughs> and where you don't know what to do. Dan, Dan you're right. I mean, I don't know why Sproles, Sproles should be on the field a lot more than he is. For some reason, I think Chip Kelly has in his mind, oh, Sproles can only be in you know, 10, 12 snaps. This guy should be on the field 20. Whether he catches the ball or not, you have to pay attention to him. I mean, he seems like the only guy who, when he touches the ball, he can make something happen. Uh, Kev, when the, they don't take any shots downfield. I mean, yesterday they're down three scores at the end of the game with four minutes left, and they're dinking and dunking. Like, when do you take a shot? I mean, well, I just don't know if the, what the it's or do they not trust Bradford's arm? I mean, I feel like Bradford has shown the glimpses, but he hasn't really shown that deep ball. And I think that's something maybe they're worried about. Maybe they're thinking, well, you know, he's not going to have that deep ball threat. Well, I just he's got he's got the arm, he's got the accuracy, so. I don't. I, I mean, open him up. I feel like this is just—it's a very constricted for him when he could—he could do more. He looks uncomfortable out there. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like in the flow of a game. And I think that's a huge thing on Chip Kelly. And I, I mean, it's—it is funny to see the city 
completely up in arms with Chip Kelly and how uh, two weeks ago you genius. Yeah, Chip Kelly could have been you would have you would have been fighting fighting the Pope for tickets to to see Chip Kelly perform a mass in a cathedral. I think that's like it's just crazy that now two weeks later it's like Chip Kelly is the worst thing in the world. I mean, how, how you know you get rid of Macklin, you get rid of Jackson. Macklin would clearly be the best receiver on this team by far. Jackson would be a deep threat. I think Chip Kelly's ego got in the way, and he said, I don't want to win with any of Andy Reid's guys. If I'm going to win, I mean, 10 and 6 the last two years, Kev. And to make those changes, Evan Mathis, McCoy, all these guys, I mean, do you, do you really need to tweak? Like you needed to tweak at that point, not so much tear asunder. No. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think you need to tear it asunder. I think it's a, it's, I don't know. You're right. Chip Kelly wanted to win with his guys, and when he got his guys, uh, now he's not winning. And uh, it's just it's a confusing like like we were talking about earlier. It's that you get a guy who runs north south, and you don't have an offensive line that's going to block north south. You have an offensive line that's going to kind of just stay in front of guys, and it's just it's not the system. The, the, the pieces aren't fitting what the system needs to be. So either the system needs to change, or the guys need to change. And you had the pieces, Macklin. And you had speed and Deshaun Jackson and McCoy. You had that speedy threats, and now you kind of got rid of those and like more grounded, pounded kind of guys, and you don't have that system for them. So I don't really understand what's going on. Well, you saw it for 14 years with Andy Reid. He wanted to throw the ball all the time, and he never got a receiver in here until T.O. So, you know, one thing about Andy Reid is he, he built from inside out, um, where Chip Kelly, I mean, dude, this isn't college where – you get oh you get all that yak as they like to say after the catch. I mean, it's not as spread out. Like when you have the best players on the field, yeah, you can spread everyone out. You have guys in o- in open areas. This is the NFL where you, there's schemes. Everybody can play. The defense is physical. I, I just think that Chip Kelly thought he could come in here and run run this college stuff, and we saw it with Steve Sparrier, um, that fun and gun. Like he, the NFL, Kev has been the same for for 50 years, and. For a guy to come in and say, well, I'm going to change everything up and, um, you know, look, I like all the nutrition stuff and all the, all the, um, you know, performance stuff in terms of uh, their workouts and getting to sleep on time and all that stuff. That, that's all great, but you need guys who can play, too. I mean, I can sleep for 12 hours a day, too. I can't, I can't run a skinny post. You can't run a skinny post. I, I can't run. I couldn't, I couldn't run to your truck right now. <laughs> And you guys are at what absolutely right. We are saying the points that the the pass is predicated off the run, and if they can't get the run because they need the play action to happen, if they don't see any yardage being gained by the Eagles, they're not going to think, oh, he's going to hand off to Demarco Murray. I can see <laughs> the fake is not going to work. They're not going to go downfield. They have to run. They have to run first. Why not put Demarco Murray? and Matthews, and Sproles all out there at the same time and make the defense think, what are they going to do? Who are they going to, are they going to dunk it off to Sproles? Are they going to dunk it off to Matthews? Are they going to run with DeMarco Murray? What are they going to do? Because I think Chip Kelly is being outsmarted by all the other coaches. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree 100%. It was, like, it was like the old Andy Reid where you never run the ball. You throw the ball 90 times a game, but we're going to play action. Like, who are you, fake, who are you faking, Andy? I mean, you haven't run the ball in 25 plays, and now we're going to play it. Like, the, like the linebackers are going to bite on it. Um, I, I'm just so, I'm just so disheartened by the whole thing. I mean, uh, it's, there's a lot that has to be fixed in a short amount of time. 
The only thing we have going for us now in the division is the division isn't. No one says that the division stinks. It does, and the Eagles are a major reason why the division stinks. So, I I, I don't know if we're better than the Giants right now. I mean, or, or the Redskins. The Redskins have something the Eagles don't have. They have a win. Yeah, but the 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 thing about it is, I mean, you there is patience needs to be had. Uh, Atlanta, this is Philadelphia, Kev. I don't, I I don't, you've lived here for thirty three years. Five. Thirty five. I thought you moved here when you were two. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys think that there's some kind of uh, Pope uh, thing going Pope on here? Yeah, Pope 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 yeah. Washington D.C. Yep. and New York and Philly. Yeah. And everybody's. Can he, we send him to Dallas? Yeah. For a <laughs> I think he needs to go to Atlanta. But because Atlanta, send him to New York now. He didn't go to New York. Yeah. Yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. Here's the thing about Atlanta, though. I mean, people looked at the Eagles and they said you should have beat Atlanta by 40, but I don't think that's the case. I watched Atlanta play again yesterday. That they're good. Their defense is a lot better. They have a new coach. That, and I swear, I've never seen a team throw to receiver more and complete to a receiver. It's Julio Jones is getting open no matter what, and they throw to him every single time. And everything in their offense revolves around him. They don't have really a strong running back. They have a rookie, a second-year guy. Mm-hmm. But you have Julio Jones, and he's just taking over games. I've never seen a rec- – I mean, he is doing things that receivers haven't done. He is catching everything that's thrown his way, and they're throwing to him every single time, and no one can cover him. So Atlanta has a good team. They're, they they match up well with a lot of different teams. Their defense is respectable. And Dallas, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, this game was was the Eagles looked horrible. They looked lost. I mean, Kev, but so Dallas didn't look great either. But yeah, but Dallas was without Des Bryant. Romo. I mean, Whedon comes in the game. Everybody in the stadium knows they're going to hand the ball off, and he still gets yeah. six, seven, eight yards. I mean, it, I mean. I mean Dallas. Dallas stinks. To, Dallas to me wasn't that good either. I mean, if they were any good, they would have been up twenty-four nothing in that first half. I yeah, mean, it was. I agree. It was just ugly. It's it definitely was ugly, and uh, you know, but you, the the future. Romo's out. Bryant, Des Bryant's out. The Cowboys are going to struggle. The Giants don't look great. Eli Manning doesn't look incompetent right now, and you just you, you're you you don't look like the kind of team that's that's. I mean, the Redskins are the Redskins. I think the Eagles, I mean, 0-2, everyone's freaking out. But the leader is 2-0. It's not really that, and it's the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are they're, they're, they're falling apart. But, but, but what in the last two games has given you any hope that this team can can even move the ball? I mean, DeMarco and Murray has, what, 11 rushing yards in two games? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, this line, we can't get pressure on the quarterback. They pressure our quarterback. I don't. I don't see anything that says, "Yeah, this is going to get turned around quickly." Um, I don't know. I mean, Chip Kelly's kind of stopped the arrogant interviews now. I mean, I, I think uh, that ship has kind of sailed. Where I mean, Kevin, I can, I can, I can see Chip Kelly back in college in two years. I think that you're going to see more rollouts from Bradford against the Jets, definitely. They're they're going to roll him out because of the the protection is not that great because mm-hmm. of the guys. Can't block, and then and you're going to see more uh, maybe sweeps and tosses yeah. to get around the line. That's what's going to, they're going to probably have to do. Yeah, I mean something's going to have to be done. I mean, um, I, I mean, how many times were you know everyone says oh he's got to be under center and have to be under center. I mean, did you did you see how Mark, mad Demarco Murray was when they threw the interception he and yeah, he didn't he get the ball? Happy. I mean, but on the flip side, it's like. Dude, you haven't. I mean, and, and and believe me, I'm not putting any of this on Demarco yeah, Murray. Yeah. I mean, I'm not putting any. But now it leads me to believe, 
was he a product of the of the Dallas line, or is just the, the Eagles line that bad? Here's the thing, though. I mean, a, a lot of running backs are the product of their of their. I mean, football in general. I think quarterbacks. I think running backs. Uh, Barry, Barry Sanders. I know he's one of the greatest ever, but he never had great. I mean, Emmitt Smith had great yeah. lines. But you, you know, some of these guys, and yeah, you're right with Barry Sanders. But some of these guys are a product of their environment. I mean, Demarco Murray. Yes, he had the best offensive line with the Cowboys, and. You looked how successful it was. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. They don't have the offensive lines that they have. They're not. You don't know who they are. And Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady was a six round pick, and he just he's solid. He gets the job done. But you, Tom Brady's in a perfect system for a guy who just needs to pitch. Did the you ball just say Tom Brady's solid and gets the job done? Well, he's a winner. But you have to you have to understand if Tom Brady's in if Tom Brady's in St. Louis with a shitty line and Derek and putting in Derek or nah, David Carr's position like he's not he may not be Tom Brady. You're a product of kind of a your environment and now Tom Brady is obviously the best quarterback ever to live, but at the same time is he going to be Tom Brady if he's thrown in the Houston Texans like David Carr was? You do. Yeah, yeah. 17 times ago. No, I, I get it, but but look at some look at some of the receivers he's had over the years. I mean, he's making a lot of guys look good. Kev, I think you would definitely agree with this because you are an athlete. They, no one is exuding any Excuse confidence me? either. You're right. And, and they look at Sam Bradford, and they look in his eyes, and he looks, I don't know, guys, mm-hmm. well, what we're going to do. He has to go, go in there. He has to lead. Someone has to lead. Someone has to go in the huddle and say, in the, the, the very few huddles they do. Yeah, exactly. And say, <laughs> All right, guys, we're zero two. Forget it. We can't change that. Let's go. We're gonna right. we're gonna play now. Yeah, he's got a little Jay Cutler. Like I need him to be a little more of a leader. You're right. Yeah. All right. So uh, joining us on the line, we have uh, is this is this Chris Moosebach from uh, Wirebox? Yes, it is. Chris, yes, how, how are, are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for calling in tonight and uh, joining us on the show. We we really appreciate it and. Uh, We've been telling the fans out there that we have the Great Pumpkin Face-Off, uh, the third installment coming up October 2nd at the Mexican Food Factory in Cherry Hill, New- or Marlton, New Jersey, uh, at 8 p.m. So, and obviously, Weyerbacher will be definitely will be featured in the tasting, and uh, there will be specials, specials on Weyerbacher for all the people who want to come out. But uh, talking to you, and the, you know, and I know everyone calls you Moose, so uh, is that okay if we call you Moose? Yeah, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Awesome. So, Moose, uh, you know, the one thing that we that we always talk about, and, you know, Weyerbacher, you know, you started, but you guys became a pioneer in the game, which was, which was really inter- interesting because you guys became the pioneer because you guys were the, really one of the first breweries to start putting the, the beer into these uh, bourbon barrels and, and kind of these bourbon oak barrels and, and aging the uh, beer a little bit. No one really had done that before, and you're coming up with these you know, amazing beers based on the fact that you guys just let them let them sit in this uh, in this little higher alcohol content. You raise the alcohol content, you give that extra flavor and that extra taste. Is that uh, is that something very unique to Weyerbacher? How did you guys come up with something like that? Um, that process started many years before I started there. Um, the owner Dan Weyerback, um, uh had the idea to um, take one of uh, the beers that he made, a uh, Blithering Idiot Barley Wine, and thought, you know, it would taste really good in a bourbon barrel, and here we are, uh, have a great beer called Insanity, and you get some real nice, rich uh, bourbon flavor, some oak uh, on top of the great flavor of the barley wine, so, so you know, a credit to him uh, for coming up with that. He, I'm sure he wasn't the first one to do it, but 
um, it seems bourbon barrel-aged beers have really taken off these days. So uh, we're glad to be one of the first ones in the game to do it. So um, it's a good trend to happen. That's definitely true. Now, you know, Weyerbach are also Imperial Pumpkin, and that's uh, something you guys kind of known for. Uh, coming up with all this pumpkin beer, I know it's something that's that's pretty unique. Uh, how did this? How, when did this pumpkin beer explosion really occur? Because I know I, I, when I was in college, and I'm not that old, Mike is, but when I was in college, the beer <laughs> beer was not that <laughs> the beer was not that like prevalent. Where you were, you I was drinking, you know, whatever I can find. There wasn't the craft beer explosion, and now you have pumpkin beer. I mean, if, in October, if I was in college and had pumpkin beer, it would be amazing. But that's just something that just didn't come. How did this explosion really come about? Yeah, I mean, people have been making pumpkin beers for a bit of a time now, but um, it's really the past four or five years that you really see the explosion of pumpkin beers really taking place in the marketplace. And it's our Imperial Pumpkin Ale has done really well for us. It's our number two best-selling beer, and it's only a seasonal. Uh, so it's a really a, a testament to consumers uh, you know, their palates are really changing, you know, trying new experimental styles of beer, and uh, we're trying to meet that demand. Moose, most of the pumpkin beers I've found are, um, they're kind of, do you guys stop brewing them um, and making them early? Because you would think most pumpkin beers are around in November, December, and a lot of times they're sold out by September, October. Is there is there just that much demand for it, or you guys don't brew that much of it, or am I totally wrong on everything I just said? We brew a lot of that beer. Um, we start brewing it uh, maybe end of April, and we stop brewing it um, about end of July, early August. And oh, really? that takes up about half of our production during all those weeks. So uh, we have to make a lot of it because uh, uh, we have to build up an inventory and then start shipping it out to wholesalers. So... You just have to make enough to uh, send it out to everybody, and we just have to start a little bit earlier just to meet that demand. Cool, cool. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, now, Kev is Kev is a um, is a little more of a beer connoisseur than I am, um, but but I really I really like your beer. How long does it take to brew? Like, what goes into brewing a beer? I mean, is it does it take a long time? I mean, can you tell our, our listeners? kind of how long it takes to, to brew a particular beer? Sure. To make the actual beer, to brew it from, you know, when we crack the grains to uh, when we send wort, which is unfermented beer, uh, that's about, into the fermenter, that's about eight hours. Once that's in the fermenter, it takes about two weeks to ferment uh, all the sugar and alcohol, and then uh, it's ready to package, you know, uh, from the time we start to the time it gets packaged is about two weeks. Now, you, you've heard this before, that behind every great man is a woman, right? Now, do you <laughs> think right. that, that trying to get as many consumers as possible, the, the pumpkin and the craft beers with the pumpkin flavor, more women now may be drinking beer than ever before because of the craft beers and, and the pumpkin? Oh, yeah. Um, it's... You know, no doubt anybody, uh, some people just don't like the flavor of, you know, your classic American Pilsner. It's too bland for some people, and uh, I think with some of these fuller-flavored beers, you're really 
starting to you know bring in uh, audiences that you might not normally get if you were just making a standard American lager. So we're you know trying to hit everybody's flavor palette uh, as best as we can. Now, kind of getting, I mean, we, we're obviously Imperial Pumpkin's going to be uh, at the contest. We're very excited. But one of the beers that I love the most from uh, Weyerbacher, and I think it's up there, and I, when I talk to beer people, because I know a few, the, uh, <laughs> the, the one beer that I love is uh, Sunday Morning Stout, which is, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, stouty, and you look at these beers like KBS and uh, Kentucky Breakfast Stout, from founders, mm-hmm. which is all this accolade, and you know that kind of like falls falls under the radar a little bit. And I look at it, and I talk to a lot of beer people. It's 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 a really good beer, and it's comparable. It's even better than uh, what what I think a lot of people are going nuts over KBS. Is that something? How did you guys come up with that beer? Because that's something that's just fantastic. I love it, and it's just it's it's uh, one of my favorite beers ever. Oh yeah, that beer. Uh, we've gotten a tremendous response off of that beer. Um, it started off about two years ago. We did. Um, we have a Belgian Imperial Stout called Tiny. So we took some Tiny and aged it in bourbon barrels with some coffee, and it was very small batch stuff. And we only released it to select accounts, and we got a great response. So last year we upped our production, and uh, People started getting wind of it. You know, we distributed it in 12 ounce bottles, and it sold out of the brewery in no time flat. If you check on some of the beer rating sites, it's actually doing better um, than KBS. Uh, you know, we've gotten a great response from it, and uh, we're looking forward to making more of it this year. Uh, so am I, and uh, you know. We're, we're friends of Weyerbacher, so you know maybe we'll be able to uh, find a, find find ourselves with some uh, where we can fend off the crowds and and uh, get it because that would be amazing. Now you know Weyerbacher going into uh, you know kind of in that in that Pennsylvania that Pocono area. Do you guys get a, a good amount of people who kind of come down to the brewery from you know the Pocono area skiing and things like that? Is that some kind of a draw to what you guys do in that kind of vicinity? Yeah, we're not too far from the Poconos. Uh, we're about 45 minutes to an hour away from most of the Pocono uh, resort areas. So um, we definitely get people coming in from there. We get people uh, coming in from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, all around Pennsylvania, Delaware, and beyond. And uh, we try to hold interesting events and uh, you know try to release limited beers uh, through a cash program we do uh, that you can only get at the brewery. So we're trying different things, you know, get people to come in the door and uh, enjoy some of our beers. That's, I mean, it's just, it's, I think Weyerbach is a great, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Bixler, the, the head brewer there, we've had him on the show oh, yeah. before and he's, he's tremendous and it's a, you guys are doing a great job and, uh, you know, it's, it's really becoming more and more popular and we're, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, having everyone come out on uh, next uh, a week from Friday and uh, coming and enjoying some Weyerbacher and uh, drinking some pumpkin beer. So we really appreciate you calling in, Moose, and uh, have, coming on the show. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Moose. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. You too. So, uh, you know, joining us, uh, talking a little Weyerbacher, I think that was great, you know, coming in. And uh, it's always interesting to kind of hear some of these breweries from some of these breweries and, and places like that, especially the pumpkin beers. I think uh, that's that's pretty tremendous. And, uh, 
kind of going off that, we also have with us uh, Stephen Hale. Stephen is uh, from uh, Schlafly, which is a brewery in uh, out in St. Louis area, and we'd love that we we really appreciate you coming on. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. So, uh, you know, we just were talking with Weyerbacher a little bit about the uh, Great Pumpkin Face-Off. Again, Schlafly will be joining us as well in the tasting and uh, submitting some of their uh, incredible pumpkin beer. So we're really looking forward to that as well. We really appreciate you guys uh, joining us. Sure. It's a a treat to be included. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about it when it happens. Uh, Is that October 2nd? It is October 2nd. Yep, Friday, October 2nd. I'll be uh, up in the great state of Maine visiting family, so I'll uh, do my best to tune in as able. Is it a live show? Because that'd be fun to hear. Oh yeah, it's a live show. We got a big audience. Uh, we get a big draw to come out. There's uh, we fill this whole back deck. It's all filled up, and uh, everyone's got beer special, pumpkin beer special. So it's a good time. We really enjoy it, and the uh, crowd gets into the tasting as well. So we got yeah, a lot well, of I, fun. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. I, uh, I hope we'll be able to hold our own against all the other great pumpkin beers out there. I uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to try ours yet, or uh, if you're waiting for the taste off. No, I've we've we've I've tried Shafley. It's it's uh, definitely a, a really really good pumpkin beer, and that's what people under, need to understand. Like you know, this is a pumpkin beer contest, and we've had people on Twitter and stuff kind of talking to us and saying you know we don't drink pumpkin beer, but the people who do. And I think it's a very unique uh, taste, and I think there's a lot of people out there to drink it. I love, I know, I love it. But uh, Slapley, you kind of, you guys really hit that. I've had a, a few of them, and you guys hit that whole entire, you know, that sweetness, but at the same time, tasting like a beer. It's not overpowering. It's not like you're drinking, you know, sugar. But at the same time, you have that sweetness, you have that pumpkiny feel, with it while also maintaining that consistency of a beer. Well, thank you for the nice comments about it. We worked pretty hard on it, and I uh, have to agree with you that all these beers that have other flavors and things in them, they really do need to be beer first, and I think all the uh, brewers would agree with that, and sometimes we we slip away from that a little bit. But I think with our uh, pumpkin ale, what you get is a, it's a good strong beer. It's 8%, uh, only 16 IBUs. We let the spices speak for themselves mm-hmm. uh, on the beer, but... Uh, at 8%, it's on the stronger side, yet it still tastes very much like both a beer and pumpkin pie in a bottle, which is really what it's all about. we uh, got a good balance of cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. We're not afraid to uh, share the ingredients. And uh, we also use, obviously, we use pumpkin in it. But a pumpkin beer without spices is like making a pumpkin pie without spices. You'll have a squash pie and most people aren't as interested in that. Although I had butternut squash soup yesterday, and it was delightful. But it's the addition of the spices that really makes it uh, what it is. So that's what these beers are all about. But it's got to be, just like you said, got to be the balance of uh, being a beer first. So you think your specific ingredients separate you from other pumpkin beers then? Uh, I, I wish I'd uh, had the opportunity to try more of them because I'm not sure what everybody else uses in theirs. Everyone takes a slightly different uh, slant on uh, making their pumpkin beers. There are many that are not as strong. There are probably some that are even stronger, but uh, we like what we have, and uh, we think it's pretty important to have that balance of spices, the cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. So it's pretty much what we came up with at the beginning of uh, uh, when we first released the beer nine years ago. It was 2006. 
uh, when this beer came out. So we've had a few years under our belt. It, the numbers keep increasing every year, and um, I know there are a lot of people who would love uh, to see pumpkin beers go away altogether, but, but why? If it's not your favorite beer, you don't have to like it, but mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean you uh, have to bash them, too. If you don't like it, drink something else. <laughs> there, are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are buying these beers. So yeah, you're We'll, we'll just keep going with it, I guess. You're right. I mean, it's it's the I've walked into a liquor store. You, you're going to get a lot more than pumpkin beer. That's a small percentage. There's all a lot of alcohol you can drink otherwise. Now, uh, Stephen, you know we're we're talking about, and it's it's always really ex- interesting to me to kind of see the breweries that start out. You know, it's like almost like a one man show or a two man show, or guys sitting in a stove and building this. You know, making this beer, it becomes something. They kind of, you know, start making kegs of it and selling it out of like a small little plant, and uh, and then you kind of get starting in the bottling process, and pretty soon now you're one of the well recognized, you know, in in the pumpkin industry and you know in the beer industry. How does that how does that start off? Because I mean, 1989 this brewery starts in St. Louis, and now you know you have this whole entire empire, and everyone knows who Schlafly is. <laughs> you know, you know the their pumpkin beer. You know a lot of their beers, and it's how does that how does that really start, you know, starting from nothing? Uh, it it sort of started from nothing. Uh, the background, and forgive me if I, feel free to cut in, because uh, I have been accused of the gift of dab, and I would say not unjustly. So I'll try to so hit the, uh, I'll try to hit the major points about it. Uh, Dan Kopman and Tom Schlafly were the founding partners of, it wasn't called Schlafly Beer, then it was the St. Louis Brewery Incorporated which actually incorporated in 89. We opened our doors in 91. We were the first brew pub in the state of Missouri and the first brewery to open in St. Louis uh, since Prohibition. There were only two other breweries in the state of Missouri back in 91, Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis and Boulevard in Kansas City, and uh, we made number three. And then it was another three and a half years before another brewery opened in St. Louis. So it took a while for others to open, and then more opened and more opened, and Four years ago, four breweries of significant size opened all in one year, which was great. Um, but there are now about 30 different breweries in the immediate area and over 40 in our uh, St. Louis Brewers Guild, which includes breweries within within about a two-hour uh, radius, uh, more or less. So um, back to your original question, we were committed to quality from day one. Dan had a lot of experience at Young's Brewery in London and Scottish in Newcastle. Um, Tom Schlafly being his primary partner, uh, they they were both committed to doing the brewery the right way. They hired uh, Dave Miller, who in homebrewing circles is, um, he's on a little bit of a pedestal. He's written six books on homebrewing, so they got the right guy guy for that. And we never lost sight of having fun. We told ourselves if you're not having fun in the beer business, you need to get out. And we were always committed to quality, too. And I remember the day, it was probably a few years after we opened, that I sat down with Tom Schlafly and uh, one of our other brewers to fill in some gaps of beers. Mind you, this was the early 90s. There were 312 breweries in 1991 when we opened, and there are 3,500 now or something. It's wonderful. It's absolutely exploded. So we sat down and filled in the gaps of, we know there's a lot more. There are a lot more beer sales out there. Let's brew some more because we had our, I don't know, 20, 20 different beers a year, and uh, so back then, more than 20 years later, we're up to about 80 different beer sales. Now we're working on 
tearing down the list. It was a long list, and not all of them succeeded greatly, and others, many went on to uh, uh, being featured in bottles in our prominent uh, seasonal beers. We've got a core lineup of our pale, our English-style pale ale, uh, Cologne, uh, Germany, German-style Kolsch, uh, very happy APA, American pale ale, and uh, oatmeal stout that keeps chugging along at its own paces, but things like the pumpkin just come in and blow things out of the water. I was looking at some numbers earlier. I thought you might want to know this, that if we put all our pumpkin ale into semi-trucks, it would be almost 75 different semis of just the pumpkin ale uh, to our entire market, which includes uh, you guys uh, in the East Coast. Our distribution stretches from New York City down uh, through uh, the state of Virginia and then out to St. Louis and about 300 miles from St. Louis. So we send trucks uh, here Philadelphia area, so all the Eagles fans get around their sorrows. Uh, it would be a pleasure. I have to tell you that um, I was going to take the night off drinking tonight because we had a really fun weekend with our 17th annual Hop in the City Beer Festival at the Taproom this weekend. It was well done, beautiful weather, and, you know, it was a great event. You know what those things are like. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe I'll take Monday off from uh, having a beer, and then I realized I'm doing an interview about pumpkin beer and Schlafly beer in St. Louis, so... I poured myself a pumpkin from my refrigerator, which, as I looked at it, um, and my bosses might be horrified to learn this, uh, is from October 2014, and it's absolutely delightful. It's almost smoother. It's really nice. <laughs> that's awesome. You got the you got that you got to age now. It's aged a year, so that's perfect. Yep. Yeah. In the industry, you do have that opportunity to age, but people forget. When you're coming out with something new, everyone gobbles it up, and then it's gone. you got to lay something aside for that long-term, I don't know, five, I think five years is a vertical, but what's wrong with ten? That would be kind of fun, too. Yeah. I mean, see, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I have, a, I have a hard time with that because I'll sit there with a few pumpkin beers in my fridge, and I'll just drink them, and then it's like the only chance that I have is if it gets to like November and you start kind of getting into those like deeper, deeper like stouts and things like that, where you're like, okay, I'm not really in the pumpkin mood anymore. And then you kind of let them sit. Then you can kind of let them sit. I do have some, uh, some of the, my kind of holiday beers from last year, mm-hmm. you know, elf and mad elf kind of sitting in my fridge. So, uh, hopefully those they might late. be better. They might be better now. Seriously. I'm excited. I'm excited. Some for of those, some season. Some of those heavy spice beers actually mellow and improve. Some of the sharp edges come off a little bit, and they just they just round out really nicely. We've been drinking some uh, Christmas ale from last year. A couple of, when was it? July 25th, Christmas in July, and it was delightful. Just smooth as can be. It had not deteriorated uh, much at all. It, it changes character. So that's a treat. Now that's a. It's just amazing. I love the fact that you know that you. It's. It's with you to what you're talking about with all these craft beers. Now you have kind of a beer for every season. You know, you got the kind of summer beers. Everyone has their summer ale. Everyone has now kind of starting to come out with their fall, whether it's Oktoberfest or a pumpkin, and then you get your into your holiday ones. It just, I feel like it, it, the the beer is kind of becoming a way to really change the seasons. It's almost like, a, you know, a, putting a sweatshirt on or, or, you know, raking your leaves. It becomes that change of the seasons. It's, you, you kind of have to keep up. You can't drink a Corona in the middle of October now. I was asked a question not long ago what my favorite beer is, and 
I, I struggle with that question every time, but the answer I gave was I tend to lean to seasonals because they're not around that long, you know, mm-hmm. unless I save it and drink it a year later or out of season sometime. But having a seasonal uh, means it's seasonal. You know, we, uh, whoever gave us the seasons, which some countries don't have, and, uh, you know, I, I love a visit to the South Pacific, even though I've never been there. Uh, but I'm from New England, and we had seasons. I drink seasonal beer because it's really good, and it's a lovely opportunity to do that. So you're right about the uh, opportunity to have different beers at different times of the year. It's fun for the brewers, too. Yeah, so what what are the brewers? I mean, is it, is it kind of that excitement of, of building something new or, or just kind of like the – why why would they be so excited to, to kind of brew that new beer? Uh, partly because there are new ones that come online, maybe not every year, but every so often, and they're not brewing the same beer for us at Schlafly in, um, in St. Louis. We have, as I mentioned, about 80 different beers in the portfolio. Not all of those end up in six-pack or our large format 750 mil bottle. Um, we have a lot of one-off single-batch draft only that we have at both locations and sometimes a few other bars and restaurants around town. But uh, it's a change of pace for the brewers, and I think I might hear about it uh, if any of the brewers from Schlafly are listening to this later or eventually and they hear me say it's fun uh, for us to uh, to brew these seasonals, uh, they might make me come make the pumpkin sometime because it's a difficult beer to make. It's an 8% beer, which means it takes a lot more ingredients. We have to add the uh, three spices. When we, uh, when we put the spices, by the way, are not added in mash or kettle. They're added later in the uh, process uh, on the uh, cold side and the cellar side. And it's the pumpkin's a lot of work, and we make a lot of it, and we uh, focus our intention as, uh, was it Moose from Weyerbacher? Yeah. Who was yeah. Uh As he mentioned, um, there's, a, uh, there's a big uh, big focus on getting things done early, especially with the pumpkin, and it really, we have to be very careful of our production schedule because we want our core beers to uh, maintain their steady flow, yet we've got to make this massive, massive amount of uh, pumpkin ale, um, at a uh, concentrated time of year. So if you think about 12 months of the year of production and taking 10% of your total production and putting it into a, a or 10%, it may, it may be lower than that. I, um, I won't, don't quote me on that. But it's a, uh, it's a significant part of the production uh, for a limited time of year. That's, uh, and, I mean, uh, that's, that's kind of hard to do, so... That's insane. I mean, this uh, this whole entire process is amazing, Stephen. We can't thank you enough for coming out, coming on the show tonight, and talking a little bit about uh, Schlafly and kind of the pumpkin beer. We're really excited to have you guys part of the uh, contest this year. You guys are new entry, and we're really excited, and we uh, can't wait. And uh, we hope you'll be listening, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, may the best beer win. It'll be a, if nothing else, you guys will have a lot of fun with it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Mike will drink for the first time all year, so it'll be a great time. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Thank you so much for having me on. Stephen, thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot, you guys. Okay, thanks. Now, joining us from from the court. Live. What's up, bud? Yo, you there? Are you, are you there? I'm here, buddy. I'm watching the Colts kick some New York butt. I call in live, and there's some man talking about drinking beer off a pumpkin. 
No, don't, 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 don't kick the Eagles. Uh, don't kick the Jets too much. You got the Eagles have to play in next season. Oh, 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 oh! Andrew Luck is the bomb. What's up? I'm still alive. Can, can you give us a play-by-play right now? What's what's going on? The Andrew Luck's kicking butt. No, I can't give you play-by-play. Is there any, is there any story Oh, my yet? gosh, dude, dude, dude. I had the awesomest beer. It was a peanut butter chocolate beer, and it was called <laughs> Purple Monkey Dishwasher. You know, from that Simpsons? It was the bomb. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we miss you, bud. How's oh, the, you how's gotta the- try Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Coulter, 0-1-1, Elwood, they need a big win tonight. Oh, they're going to kick some butt. This is Andrew Luck we're talking about. Andrew Luck quarterback last week, too, right? <laughs> hey. You know, you know Frank Gordon's getting older by the second. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got to get beers are here. Oh, he, his beers are here. He hung so up he, on, he's gone. He hung he, up on us. The beers are here. Wow, Elwood. Elwood from Indiana joining us. Uh, Live from little, the Colts game. That was amazing. And now, we haven't heard from Elwood since about this time since, last year. Since when the Eagles – no, I'll tell you oh, what we heard. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. heard from Elwood the day before the Eagles played – didn't the Eagles – no, the Eagles played Colts on a Monday night, right? Yeah. So we heard, from El, night, yeah. we heard from Elwood Sunday night talking all kinds of trash, and then we just heard from Elwood again for the first time since that since the Eagles beat them. It took some It took some time. Yeah, yep. the, the pain, it doesn't heal overnight, Mike. I think uh, Elwood, so <laughs> the beers came and uh, Elwood dropped us. But Sound like uh, Elwood had a couple beers in him already. He yeah. could have passed up on that one, I feel like. It's true. I mean, it's pretty impressive that, you know, I, how did he simulate the crowd noise in his basement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did he pipe, in the, right, how did he pipe that noise that in his awesome. kitchen? Um, so uh, yeah, the, the Colts, the Colts, Kev. They're uh, well, here's the thing. Like ESPN, the top story it says the Colts look to avoid zero and two start. Like, can what, what, well, yeah, but it's football. It's the only game on tonight. I understand, but like, can you? What are they going to say? But where's the you know Andrew? You know, is you know Andrew Luck about the, ready to lead the Colts past the Jets? Why do they have to throw the zero and two? It's like almost like you're just kind of throwing people. Why? What is with the negativity? I don't get the negativity. Because negativity, to... negativity sells. For who? Why are we so negative as I don't, people? Well, let me ask you a question. When, when you listen to all the radio stations the day after an Eagles loss, they're more fire, you, know, you get more callers than you do if they win. You just do. I mean, that's just the way it is. People call up and they vent. Um, I, I don't know. You tell me. You're the genius. You and Chip Kelly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. People call them. I just, I don't know. Vent to your wife. What do you have to vent to a radio station for? Because the wife can listen. Yeah, I you're going to say the same thing. That's right. Your wife won't listen. Enough already. That's right. <laughs> Kev, I don't know Trey about Wingo you. just tweeted, out of control beard, Andrew Luck appears to be under center tonight. <laughs> Kev, I don't know about you. For the last two Sundays, I... I Week one of the NFL, I literally sat on my couch in the basement from 12 p.m. to from 12 p.m. to like at least 11 p.m. and did not move. Wait, you sat on your couch from 12 p.m. to 11 p.m. Yes. How does that? I don't understand. Like, well, how are you allowed to do that? What do you mean? What do you mean? How am I allowed? What you're, you you're married and you have two children. Kev, I did not move one bit. I even told my wife. I said we have to get a bathroom in the basement. I'll, I would I would have no reason to come up. Did she, I, she bring you food? Yeah, she brought me some food. She made it. She made a, She made a couple finger foods for me. Um, yeah, I, Kev, I didn't. I didn't move. To be honest with you, I did not move. 
You didn't go to the, how did you, you didn't no, I mean, I, can't, I mean, it's an, I went to the bathroom, okay. but I mean, I, I didn't do anything else but watch football. <laughs> Were you going to say I didn't do nothing? I didn't do nothing else. I didn't do nothing else. I didn't do nothing. So, from 12 p.m. to, yes. like, hold on, football, okay. Yeah, the, so, the Sunday yeah. night game, Kev. So you didn't do anything. What, I did what, did, nothing. what did Rach do during this entire time when you were doing nothing? Well, she was out with the kids for a couple hours, and they came home, and then um, yeah, I, I be honest, I don't know. I didn't come on. I don't know what they did. <laughs> I, have a, I have a marital question for you there. Yes. So, do you care? Like, do you, do you go through and is she? Can you tell that she's angry at you, or she, is she, she not angry? At she you? wasn't angry. Um. She was a tad angry at me yesterday because I went out and someone I told her I was going for the first half and I went the whole game. And then the Sunday night game? No, just the whole Eagles game. So um, she was a tad mad at that one. Because um, yeah. I knew going into it I was going for the whole game. But if you tell them half the game, it kind of eases the trend. You know, what did you tell her that initial Sunday? I'm going to be in the basement for yeah, uh, but I was home. the 1 o'clock game. Yeah, but I was home, so but she you didn't really care. Did you, did, were you rearing your children and all? Did they come down the basement and play? Re- was I rearing my children? Yeah. Did they, did they come down to the basement at all and play while you were? Um, no, my older daughter did come down for a couple minutes. She sang the. She knows the Eagle fight song. I, 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 I um, I. Uh, That's yeah, good parenting, right there. A couple minutes, but no, Kev. I mean, you know what makes me mad too? My my wife's best friend, her her son's birthday is like September 11th ish, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And every year, now the husband is one of those dudes who doesn't watch sports at all. Mm-hmm. He's like a computer guy, which is fine. But every year they have the birthday party on that like Sunday, that like September 11th, September 12th, September 13th, somewhere in that area. Now, what is that first Sunday? Or that, that Sunday in September is always opening week. Mm-hmm. And they never have the game on. So every year it's a fight. And I said, Rach, I'm not going. Like unless it's a Sunday night game, I said, I'm just, I'm just not going. Like the Eagle, watch the game there. They're not watching the game. And then if I go in another room and watch the game, she'll get mad because I'm being rude and not paying attention to anyone else. That's a lose-lose situation right yeah, there. Yeah, I just said it for now. I said, Rach, if, the, if, if it's on, have it on Saturday. How about this, dude? Have it on Saturday. Yeah, you don't have a birthday party on a Sunday. You need Red Zone on your phone. No. Did you have Red Zone, by the way? I do. Not on my phone. No, but do you, have, now, do you, have, Com- do you have Comcast? Or I what? do. I have Xfinity. No, you have to pay extra for that, yeah. right? How, how much? Because I don't. I for some reason, don't, my extra month. For some reason, I don't have that. Really? Yeah. You have to pay for it. That's why they're yeah. not going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but if I call, it's weird. My my refrigerator is empty. The store didn't give me anything this week. Yeah, but no, but I feel like if I call and complain, they'll give me that for free. Why? What are you going to call and complain about? And just say like, dude, I'm a big sports fan. Like I, I, I I'm... be like that. Me too. Here's they give me fifteen dollars. No, it's five dollars, isn't it? It's fifteen. I think it's fifteen. Because it's like all the, the all the you have to pay. It's like a package, so you have yeah, to get, they give you all these sports. Yeah, uh, sports uh, channels. It's not just the. You're no, not it's just, just not the red zone. You can see Tennyson yeah. from Sweden. Oh, I'm <laughs> getting like that. I'm getting so, it. Yeah, you'll I'm be very, you'll be very entertained. Tennis from Sweden. The Jets are winning, by the way. If you don't know, seven nothing. Jets are winning the seven nothing. Kev threw an interception. Did he really? Oh, Elwood. Yeah. Elwood, call us back. Get another beer. Pumpkin beers. <laughs> now, now, Kev, do you have any? Do you have any? Um, do you have any uh, skin in this game tonight? Uh, no, no bets. No. Uh, no bets in this game tonight. I don't, see, like you know, we were talking earlier with the, with the fantasy thing. I'm in four fantasy leagues, and you're, that, you're just a it's a tad dork. excessive. But like, I, I feel like now, it, now. Have you enjoyed? Now, let me ask you a question. I don't do a lot of fantasy. Well, no, no. Let me ask you something. Yeah. 
obviously you don't have all the same players on the same. You don't have right, all the same right. players. So how the hell do you keep up with it? Because I, I just I make my lineup on I'll make my lineup on like a Wednesday or a Thursday morning. I'll make my lineup. I'll set them all. I'll try to pick the best players. And I don't even I don't look at the matchups. Like I don't look at who I'm playing. And I just kind of just play, and I just like watch yeah, but, football, and yeah, I just what enjoy football, have, and then I turn it all. I, I check my scores on Tuesday morning, and I'm like, oh, right. But you have to have it has to work out where you have say you have Des Bryant going against the right. Seattle's defense. No, it does work out like that. But here's the thing: it's like the way I look at it. I'm pre, I'm playing. I've I've money in roulette. I have a you know four different four different things on in roulette and I'm just like the wheels hoping one of them wins. Yeah, I'm just the wheels yep. just spinning all season long. So I'm not really I'm just watching the wheel spin. I'm just watching football and just hoping that one of those wins. That hoping that I make enough money that it works out. Oh, and <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. See, I'm not a, I'm not a fancy guy, so I don't know how the whole. What do you so you bet right? I I do not bet. What do you do? You just watch the games. Yeah, it's weird. I just watch football. Yeah, um, but what like a Tennessee Titans versus like? Uh, like no, I'm not watching that. I'm, I'm watching the Eagles game. Yeah, but like I'll the, flip that. You know, I, I the Sunday night game. If it's a good game, I watch the Thursday night game here. But I'm not watching the Thursday night game like I'm watching the Eagles game. If it's the if it's the uh, Browns against Bengals, like I'm not going to sit there and go, oh man, I got to catch this game. Like I'll watch it here. I'll, I'll be I'll have it on the background, but I'm not. Yeah, but we talked about that. That's why fantasy is so cool is because now that now game is interesting. Yeah, but so why do you need something to stimulate you? Like, But this Thursday is important because it's the Giants and the, the Giants and Redskins. This Thursday, this Thursday is important. Is You're right. Important. You're right. But you need something to stimulate you to watch. Like, you, like why do you? That's life. You, there's stimulation. You're constantly looking for stimulation. <laughs> you sat on the couch from 12 p.m. to 11 p.m. Obviously, something was stimulating you. And it definitely can, wasn't your fingers. You look, you look at it this way. The NFL was very resistant to both DraftKings and FanDuel. Now they're sponsoring uh, all like the pregame, the postgame, whatever, and they've made it zillions of dollars. Dude, the NFL is just a machine. Like they just have they have us all. Like yeah, you know, my one buddy always says, "Oh, this game." This he'll text me and go, oh, "The Thursday night, this game's horrible." Um, how does the NFL get away with it? Well, dude, you're watching it. Yeah. Like you're watching it, mm-hmm. we will watch football. Uh, that's the, that's the way it is. We watch football. You're right. And um, you know, if the Eagles lose this this week, they'll be zero and three. And guess what? We'll watch week you're four. Watch week four. You'll watch. They'll be zero and fifteen. You'll watch week seventeen. Uh, let's not get too. I'd still watch. What do you go? What else are you going to do? That's so all. Do the... I know if we're going to have the number one draft pick. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you're going to start wearing. I don't know who's the number one pick. You're going to start wearing his jersey like they did with uh, Andrew Luck when Peyton left. Everyone was wearing the Andrew Luck jersey before <laughs> I, he even got there. I think the Bears are going to have the number one pick this year. They look. They look horrible. Jay Cutler's just. He looks. He looks lost out there. He doesn't have that like pizzazz. Yeah, like he doesn't have that look in his eye. Like I'm going to lead this team back. He he has that look in his eye. Like, oh, here we go again. Fourth quarter, big game. I'm probably going to throw an interception. Hey, he's got a hundred seventeen million dollars and a beautiful wife. He what does. does he care about? You're right. <laughs> like there's there's yeah, something right. more important than right, right. football. Right, like. right. But but look at Brady. He's got all the same stuff, and, and then yeah. that guy wants to win. That's true. Yeah. Um. And dude, Peyton Manning. Now these Peyton Manning. Are you a fan of these? Uh, these Peyton. These Peyton Manning. Uh, Chicken Parm, you are so good. Uh, the the four tunes men. <laughs> when he's singing in the the Directv ones. Yeah, like how come he 
is marketable, but Tom Brady isn't. Like, you look at Tom Brady. He's a good-looking dude. I don't think Tom Brady wants all that. I don't, crap, think, yeah, I don't think he wants to. I don't think people wrong. like it. Like, I think people like Peyton. Like, he's not a douche. Like, Peyton... I, I think people tend to like Peyton Manning a little more than Tom Brady. I know? think the best commercial, I don't know why they're not running it, is, was the Tony Romo, the brownie and the cupcake, and he made the crownie. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 That was very funny. That is, that yeah, is I, good. Tom Brady's very marketable. The guy is a good-looking guy. Yeah. And personable, but I think that some of you will hate I think, I think you're right. That and he, I don't think he wants to get involved. It's his wife's a model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go do all yeah. the commercials and you do that. I'll just chill and make money yeah. in football. And I, and I feel like Peyton Manning doesn't take himself that seriously. No. Like he's just yeah. he's funny. He's really a funny dude. Dude, Peyton Manning, the day he retires, they have a spot like on the CBS or Fox like form. Like uh-huh. right, like he's definitely going to be he on. Need, he owns like eighteen thousand Papa Johns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the 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 payment like I don't understand how that whole entire carousel works. Like you have a year and you have to like be the best, or they're going to kick you off because there's always someone. It's like they the, what, the football the, the, the announcers for the announcer for like those those analysts like the term. No, I mean Dan Marino's been on for a while. Like, I mean besides like the Terry Bradshaw, okay. Howie Longs, and guys. Yeah, like, like who's on now? Who's the who's the corner? Who's the ex cornerback from? Um, uh, what's his name? Ronnie Harrison? Uh, no, not Ronnie. No, Ronnie Harrison's been on for a while. The uh, uh, he played for the he's from the he played on the Steelers. He, oh. Board. No. T.J. Hushmanzada. No, I forget his name. Yeah, but Ronnie Harrison's been on for a while. T.J. Hushmanzada. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Well, you know, we like to to thank our sponsors tonight. Show brought to you t- tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We're just a phone call away. Eight 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 four five eight two nine two eight. Even though we're not in Foam Pack Studios, integrated play in Renee Shell. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, contact Renee two six nine seven six zero three eight five seven. Uh, we'd like to thank our guest tonight. First, our uh, you know our man from uh, from Indiana. We got uh, Elwood calling back in, giving us a little glimpse of the crowd in the uh, Indianapolis game. Uh, we'd like to thank Chris Mo- uh, Moosebach uh, for joining us from Weyerbacher Moose, and also Stephen Hale from uh, Schlafly for joining us as well. Dan Blackman, uh, who will be joining our show, if you uh, you know as much as we'd like to, as like as you'd like. Uh, we had a good time. Hit us up on Twitter this week at the match underscore up zone. We had a good time uh, again. October second, Great Pumpkin Face Off. We'll see you guys that Friday at 8 p.m. Come on down to the Mexican Food Factory in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, Until that, guys, we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you again next time. Until then.